Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. Man, you look good with your hands in the air. Put your hands in the air like you just don't care. Praise you, Lord. We worship you. Lord, you are welcome in this place. We worship you, almighty God. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Holy Spirit. We worship you, almighty God of Israel. You are worthy of our worship. You are worthy of our praise. And we know that our God inhabits the praises of his people. You are welcome in this place, Lord. In Jesus' name, church shouts. And amen. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Great job in worship today. I'm watching. What's great now is I really don't even have to turn around because the cameras show you on the screen. I can name you by name whether your hand's up or not. I'm going to confront you after church. Send in the praise police. We call them the PP. <laughs> Coming for you after the service. I'm going to see with their uniforms on. <laughs> I just pictured them with giant peepees. It's great. I hope that you've noticed all the trash is picked up. Did you see that? Joe Biden failed me, so that cost me eight thousand. But other, well, I should say it cost us eight thousand dollars. Just so you know, some of that trash was lingering around because we had to keep showing it to the insurance company. See, see, we had to leave it out there for a while. Be praying for that breakthrough with the insurance company. It's supposed to happen this week. We're supposed to get our number. Listen, we, you and I, will rebuild this building anyway. With or without them, well, we will rebuild it. Things are already happening. Travis is doing a great job. Bill Fancook's doing a great job. They're getting it done as much as they possibly can. I say that for people in case, some of you, of course, already know this, but for new people that are coming in, this is not our style and profile. Concrete floor with rugs that we got that were, what do you call them? Like, what do you call them? Right? Where is she at? Remnant, remnant carpeting that we got. This is not our style. It's not what we're shooting for. This is where we are at right now because of a Category 5 storm that the insurance companies refused to call at Category 5 hit this building and filled it full of water. So we have to do what we have to do. But progress is being made. It's, a, it's not what I want it to be. But I pray every day and I know that God will break through. I know that, and he has broken through. And there's been miraculous provision. Things are being paid for, just not as quick as we want. The roof, I believe, you, we're managing to put a roof on. You're probably like, Tom, we don't want to hear this stuff. We'd rather hear other things. I got to tell you. So that when people come in, they're not thinking that this is where we're, this is, this is the style of the church. You know, they go out there and they see the landscaping all torn up. Can't they do any better than that? Well, yeah. 
Over a period of time, all that landscaping will be replaced. The roof should be starting late this month. We managed to get, get a roof put on that won't disrupt us. There'll be a new roof on top of the existing roof. All that will happen without disrupting our services. We've managed to keep this room open the entire time. This foundation is a church that never closes. Never closed, never will. Never closed, never will. Things are starting to happen out in the, in the realm of the great oppression, which, of course, I'm talking about COVID-19. Oh, Tom, that's over. You must not ever read the news if you think that. I'm glad that you get to live in sweet oblivion. And you know, there's something to be said for that. Like I, like I told you, if it was up to me, that's where I would live. I wouldn't have a smartphone. You're like, Tom, you're so addicted to tech and scrolling the news. I do that because that's my ministry. God has called me to don black robes and address our nation and address the world. God has called me to do that, as well as he's called all of you to do that. But if it was up to me, I wouldn't have a smartphone. My, I don't know about any of you, but when they put on location services, not allow. I wouldn't have any of these. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do any of these things. I would live in that sweet oblivion. I would have a moderate understanding of what's happening in the world, but that would be, that would be it, but that's not what God's called us to. And, and why? Because of politics? Because I want the Republicans to win one of the heads of the, of the snake? One of the heads of the two-headed snake? No, it's not because I want the Republicans to win. I want Jesus to win. And as long as we are the restraining found in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 3 through 8, the devil will never take this earth. The mark of the beast cannot come to fruition as long as you and I are here. The worst of the worst cannot happen as long as you and I are here. Nothing. They cannot take over. They can influence. They can try to take over. Even though 99.9% of the church bowed, you and I are here. You and I, so the devil cannot take over. The Antichrist, the beast one, beast two, the dragon, they cannot take over as long as you and I are here. As long as you and I are willing to restrain, of course, you cannot restrain and comply at the same time. There cannot be any more, uh, any more, well, you know, I don't want to, you know, make anybody upset or anything. Is that what Jesus did? Why are we emulating a Jesus that didn't exist? If anything, Jesus purposely upsetted people. If anything, certainly wasn't running from offense. And just one thing I want to tell you on this, because I marvel at whenever I see somebody acknowledge or say the vaunted three words. How many of you watch the podcast, you know what the vaunted three words are? I was wrong. Nobody has said it in the body of Christ. Nobody. Not with, now I'm not saying there aren't some local pastors that have, but nobody. I'm talking about the big names. And God can, speaking of restraining, God has restrained me from dropping those names. Listen, there was a season he didn't. When this first came out, I was dropping pulpit bombs <laughs> without hesitation. And God was not restraining me. But since then, he wants healing and restoration. 
So I'm willing to pull back because I, only because God has told me to. But nobody, I'm talking about the biggest names of the biggest names. And they all bowed. And they all said, and you're like, Tom, do you have to continually talk about this? Did you not just watch the past week in a little place called Davos, Switzerland? They want implants in your mind. They want perpetual COVID. Tony Blair, former prime minister of England, says he wants a biometric tracking system in place, which, by the way, it already is, which was the purpose of the whole thing to begin with. But nobody, nobody inside the body of Christ, not one person with a big ministry, an international ministry, or even a national ministry. I want you to think of the names in your own mind since God won't allow me to say them. Because I've got them all percolating right here. Not one of them has said, you know what? I blew it. You know who has? Chip Roy, congressman out of Texas, Dan Bongino. They came out and said it. Dan, what did Chip Roy? Chip Roy's unvaxxed, and he's as a Christian man, as, as right wing as right wing can get. Real right wing, not the ones who put on the veneer of right wing. He, he's come out and said, I blew it. And you know what he blew it for? Two weeks. He said, I bought into the whole stupid 15 days to flatten the curve. And he changed right after 15 days. Bongino has come out and said, I listened to his radio program this week. He said, who also claims Christianity. I don't ever vouch for people's Christianity anymore. That's burned me more than once. He claims Christianity, but I listen to him all the time. And he's come out and said, you know what, the worst thing I ever did was get vaccinated. It's the biggest mistake I ever made. And now he says, I get regular monthly or whatever it was, regular doctor's appointments to have my heart checked because of it. Worst mistake he ever made. He, he took Vax 1, Vax 2, no boosters. Boosters, I mean, I'm trying, I don't need to launch into this. Oh, my gosh. But anyway. So then one of the conservative pundits that I used to watch, I like to give credit where credit is due. And they put out a national broadcast, so I'm not bad-mouthing them. Scott Adams came out. I don't know if any of you ever follow him on, on social media. Big name conservative pundit, Mr. Vax. Mr. Vax. He came out and said, you know what? I ended up on the wrong side of things. It's stunning, an absolutely stunning video that I played. It's about a 90-second video on the podcast last night. He came out and said, you know what? I ended up on the wrong side of things. You, you anti-vax people, you were right. You came out on the right side. Now, if you're vaccinated in this room, you will have an opportunity at the end of this service for you and I to connect in the spiritual realm and make you unvaccinated. So Scott Adams does it, who has, he has no profession of faith. I don't want to judge him because I don't know. Dan Bongino does it. Chip Roy does it. Where are all the pastors and preachers? How can you be the restraining and not define right or wrong? How can you be the restraining and not have your yes be yes and your no be no? Your church has to know. You blew it. Otherwise, there's no definition of right and wrong. You can never, ever become right until you know what wrong is. Otherwise, you're a dung beetle. 
thinking you're rolling around with a treasure, but it's actually a giant pile of feces. You look at the dung beetle. They're as happy as can be. They got their arms fully around it. Looks like my dog. He finds gopher tortoise poop. And he looks like, you know, he looks like me with a Hershey's chocolate bar. Woo! Man, that's good. He thinks it's good. That's why God says, give not that which is holy unto the dogs. I know we all love dogs, but they're dogs. I sat and watched my dog the other night eat rabbit intestines off the road. I'm going, stop, stop. He knows I'm coming, so he eats faster. <laughs> Finally, last night, you're like, Tom, we're tired of your dog stories. I told you, you are my psychological outlet. <laughs> Welcome. Just for the next hour, one hour, you're my psychological outlet. And the three podcasts. Finally, last night, a critter figured it out. My dog keeps murdering raccoons. He does. I'm sorry. I try to get to him. I try to save him. I can't. You gotta, in order to get away from a Malamal, you got to be able to throttle it up to 40 miles an hour. Good luck. There ain't no pig. Ain't no raccoon. Ain't no possum. None of them get away. And they all turn and fight. Don't fight him. Get up a tree. But you, old man of God, flee these things. I'm like, run, run. I'm like, I, I thought possums were supposed to play dead. Get on the ground. Last night I'm walking, it's like two in the morning. Yeah, I'm, I'm up all night. I'm not one that requires much sleep. Food now. Which, by the way, today's the last day of the fast. Can't wait. Can't wait. So last night we're walking, and I see this big, juicy possum to my right in somebody's yard. And I'm like, and I'm on. Now I, I ride the bike at night so I can get to him faster. So I see it, and I, you turn around, and he bolts for that possum. And I'm already starting. To, and it's 2 o'clock in the morning, so you're like, in people's yards. Stop it, Addy. Stop it. Stop it, Addy. He doesn't stop until I'm right on top of him because he's scared of me. Not, so I go running to him and find, that possum just flopped to the ground. <laughs> Ran up to him. Walked away. I'm like, finally. The animals are listening. I couldn't believe it. Because usually I see him 10 feet in the air. I'm not kidding. So I'm glad about that. I don't know what does that have to do with the message. Absolutely nothing. Just wanted to tell you. I'm fascinated by it. Let me give you this example in launching the message this morning. How many of us have ordered Comcast? How many of us have ordered Wi-Fi? How many of us have ordered DirecTV? Let me use DirecTV as an example. If you want DirecTV and you're in the world, you call the company. You'll figure this out as I'm, as I'm telling you. You call the company. You request the service, right? They come out. They install the service. You pay for the service, and then you turn the service on, right? Don't be afraid to answer. It's okay. When I say right, that means you can answer is right. 
I'm not leading you on, I promise you. If I, if, I, if I ask you a question and there is no answer, don't answer. Now a religious person, now you're starting to get it, they call the company, they request the service, yes, God's now in here. They install the service, they pay for the service, and then they turn on the button. How's that any different than the world? So DirecTV has now become God. A religious person calls God, requests things from God, but then installs God themselves, pays the price themselves, and then turns the button on themselves. Is that any different than the world? That's, religious people are no different from the world. The most free churches that donned masks and pimped and hoard vaccines are religious people who are no different than the world. Doesn't matter how friendly you are or the veneer of compassion you put on your religious person. Even those who claim to be the freest by saying you can live however you want and still put on the name Christian. It's right out of 2 Timothy. They claim to, they claim to offer liberty, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. 2 Peter 2.16. Now totally and completely switch direct TV to God. The soon-to-be Christian calls on the company, requests the service. God installs the service. Jesus pays the price, and you turn on the button. You see it? You have two responsibilities. And really, if we got really deep this morning, which I'm not going to do in this specific area, really you have one once you're saved. But you have two responsibilities, two. Call upon God and push the button. It's the same, don't worry, I'll define button in just a minute if you don't get it already. It's the same as salvation. You call upon God and push the button. That will never change. Once you are saved, anything and everything you need, you call upon God and push the button. Really, once you're saved, you don't need to even call upon God anymore. You're already in Christ. Push the button. But I'll leave it at that. Some people are too religious to grasp that. People are like, well, you know, you need to you know, start off your prayer with almighty Yeshua, long, blowhearted prayers. They don't read Jesus. Lazarus, come forth. When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her. When evening came, many were demon-possessed, were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. A centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home, paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, it will be done just as you believed it would. Where's the prayer? He just pushed the button. A leper came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Two words, be clean. Immediately he was cured of his leprosy. Amen. Matthew 8, 2 and 3. Matthew 8, 5, 6 and 13. Matthew 8, 14 and 15. Matthew 8, 16 and 17. Check them all when you get home. Where's, the, where's even the prayer? Once you're in the Holy Ghost, you are FPL. Release the power. I'm preaching about something I didn't want to preach about. I just want you to be as non-religious as possible. Be clean. Touch the person. 
Don't even let the person, I'm not talking about you creepos, if there's any creepos in here. You just got to say that because I'll have somebody do it. And, that, and by the way, men don't touch women. Women, go ahead, touch men. Who cares? No, seriously. Who cares? Who cares? Look, just walk up to somebody. You know what? I heard you had this. I had that. Be clean in Jesus' name. Be well in Jesus' name. Just touch them. They're done. And Almighty God, we come to get us horn. You got to put on a show. You're religious. You're trying to earn it. Just be the conduit. How much do you earn the power when you plug in your blender? You get put on a big show. Oh, oh, power. Just a Pentecostal religious person. You're no different than a Catholic. All you are, all you are is a blowhard who lengthens legs. Some of you get that, some of you don't. And none of this ever changes. It's two things. Call upon the Lord and act in faith. That's pushing the button. It never changes. For I am the Lord, I change not. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Malachi 3.6, Hebrews 13.8. Call upon the Lord and push the button. Now here's the thing. Is God going to call upon himself? This is the same message as last week. We're just, we're just using different information. Is God going to call upon himself? Is God going to act in faith? He is faith. How do you act in faith when you are faith? How does God act in love when he is love? He's never going to do these things for you. But once again, most Christians, if I said in here, which I'm not going to do because it would be fooling you, does God do it all? Most Christians feel compelled, like an obsessive, compulsive, OC, uh, what is it, OCD, obsessive? Obsessive, right? OCD? I'm thinking ACD for some reason, or AR-15. No, no sleep, no food, no sleep. They're compelled, they're obsessively compulsed, obsessively compelled to say, God does it all. Because if I don't say that, I'm not about grace. It's, it's accepted talking points. That should sound eerily familiar to you. There's accepted things to say and there's non-accepted things to say. And if you say the non-accepted things, there's a societal consequence even inside the church. Oh, he's not wearing a mask. He must not care about grandma. No, I care more than you do. But I'm doing the opposite. As God always does. Making, uh, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. 1 Corinthians 1.27. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom didn't even know God. And then what all the Christians say? Well, you know, I believe the word of God, but you got to use wisdom. Your wisdom is going to trump the word of God? Your life experiences, as wondrous as they've been, For he knows how we were formed. He remembers that we are dust. Psalm 103, 14. And the dust is going to tell God, you know what, I'm going to filter your word through my vast swaths of wisdom. No, I'll choose the word. Even though it's foolishness to everybody else. You don mass, you take injections. I just stand there and go, that will never touch me. That plague shall not dry near my dwelling. Tom, why do you keep talking about this? Because it's coming Again, 
And if you never said the vaunted three words, you're going to be victimized again. Maybe to the point of putting a mark on your right hand or on your forehead. Because the love of most will grow cold. Oh, God does it all. That's demonic. It's antithetical to the word of God. It is not the covenant. You can't have a covenant when one person does it all. Don't worry, I'll explain. I know some of you, oh my gosh, what did I walk into this morning? I hate this church now. What have, why have I been coming? God, I've been told my whole life, God does it all. Look at the fruit of the people who tell you that. So I was thinking about this this morning because Pastor Rodney's opening up his new sanctuary. I'll be there tonight. I'll just be there. I'm not telling you I'm speaking there tonight. I'll just be there tonight. And I was just thinking, you know what? Who brought me to the next level? The one that everybody cast aside. The one who was arrested. The one who was foolish in the eyes of the world. Five months ago, they had no sanctuary. They gutted the whole thing. In the middle of Christmas, Thanksgiving, two hurricanes. Look what they got done. What I did was hop on that wave. I'm like, hey, look at that wave rolling into the shore. No whole lot of effort, no, just jump on the surfboard and ride it in. Ride it in. Tommy, you talk about him a lot. Yeah, he's my pastor. I talk about him a lot. If it wasn't for him, I'd still be toiling between 150 and 200 people like I did for a decade and a half. And by the way, we preach hellfire and brimstone, Kenneth Hagin-style faith. There's lots of people healed, lots of people saved. We're a bigger church than average. We were. Good things. However, that's not enough. That's part of this message today. You have to call upon God and then push the button. Oh, it's all God, says a religious Christian, repeating talking points that are accepted by the religious community. It's not all God. Let me explain it to you. Here, God is the offer. It's all God in the offer. It's all God in the construct. Here it is, Ephesians chapter two, four and five. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead and transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Construct that has nothing to do with us. Nothing, God did it all. So everybody's saved then, right? Everybody's saved, right? If God does it all, everybody on earth has been saved, which blows apart the entire Bible, which says narrow is the way and few find it. A lot of you are sitting back going, you know what, everything in my life, everything that's unfolding in my life, I'm not doing anything, I'm not pulling any triggers, I'm not pushing any buttons, I'm not standing in faith, and everything that I'm doing in my life is the will of God unfolding. Not true. Not true. You're not even acting in the covenant. I'm not saying you're going to hell. See how sweet I am? I said, yeah, but you're out of the will of God. You're out of the, that's, that right there, Ephesians chapter two, four and five, is all God. But because of his great love for us, all God, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, he's rich in mercy, not us, made us alive in Christ. He did it. Even when we are dead in transgressions, it is by grace. His grace, not ours. So in that essence, we are all, that is all God. God did it all. Every last thing God did in the construct. 
in the offer. But then everybody's saved then if you believe God does it all. Then why would we ever evangelize? God's already, everybody's already saved. By the way, there are sects of, religi- of religions that believe that. Because they don't read the Bible. They're destroyed for lack of knowledge. Now here's your part and look for it. Ephesians, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace you have been saved. There's the button. Here it is. I told you to look for it and then I tell you. It is by grace. For by grace you have been saved through faith. You, and here's the great thing. It's his faith. All you have to do is grab it. But you have to push the button. You have to grab it. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. The faith is. Not of works, lest any man should boast. So there, there is the construct, the offer, and your part, which is simply to push the button. So all you got to do the rest of your life is learn what the button is and push the button. Your part is to act in faith. That you must, listen, it's not God that does it all. He gives you the ability to access all. Romans 8, 32, Ephesians chapter one, verse three. But if you don't access it, it's gifts sitting there unwrapped. It's a car in the garage with keys in your hand. God does it all. Well, how do you get into the store then? The car does it all. Don't you have to get in there? But most Christians conflate the will of God with the failure of the Christian. Struggling in our marriage, right? No Christian should ever struggle in their marriage, ever. It's not the will of God. It's not bringing you through a trial. No Christian should ever be broke. It's not the will of God. No Christian should ever be sick, infirmed, ever. It's not the will of God. It's the failure of the Christian to push the button. How dare you say that, Tom? You know, my, my aunt, whoever, the only name that came to my mind was Bertha, so I left it out. <laughs> my aunt died of cancer. How dare you say that? She was a lo- loving woman, loved Jesus. Agreed, she's, in, she's walking the streets of gold. It's not the will of God, though. It was, uh, it was the will of God for her to be stricken with cancer, suffer and die. Oh, yeah, we, God wants us to suffer to bring humility to our lives. Really? What, who, who died and made you Jesus? Jesus suffered for you. There's no need for you to suffer in any way except how he suffered. How did he suffer? Persecutions and God-ordained martyrdom. That's it. You're in the covenant. Some of you got that. Some of you didn't because I got two amens, Charlie and Hope. That's it. You are not, look at me, called to suffer. Jesus suffered and died for you. You only suffer and you only die the way he did. When God tells you, lay down your life, which odds are will never happen, but it could. A lot closer now than it was three years ago, 33 months and 15 days to flatten a curve ago. Liars. Just 15, just give us 15 days, 33 months later. Here we are again. Still under a state of emergency. All the church, no, no church is preaching about it this morning except for a few of us. But your job is to act in faith. Act in faith. 
Now, I'll define this more in just a second. But what is acting in faith? I can tell you to act in faith all I want. And then the pastor never tells you what it means. What does it mean to act in faith? It means three things. Acting in knowledge, acting in the word, and acting in works. Word, works, and knowledge is faith. Word, works, and knowledge is faith. Well, Tom, I don't know what the word says. Why? How long have you been saved? Most Christians have, don't read the Bible. Most Christians do not memorize the Bible. They have no idea. Can you act in faith without knowing what faith is? Faith is the word of God. It's an emergency that you study to show yourself approved. You're like, well, gosh, you know, it's been 30 years I've been a Christian. I still don't know the word. You know how much... You know, if you dedicated one year of your life to memorizing a scripture a day, you'd memorize 365 scriptures, you would know 365 more than most Christians. If you took this week and memorized two scriptures a day, not that I speak in respect of want, for I've learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4, 11 through 13. You would know more verses than most Christians. That's why the entire church bowed. They have no idea what to do. That's why Pastor Rodney had to come. I tend to get a little overboard on the fired up realm. Put his arm around me and say, listen, they don't know. It's probably because he was watching me just throttle people by name from the pulpit. These are people he's known for decades and I'm on the pulpit. After he gave me a national platform. They don't know. He came up, he told me, he said, he was at a conference, and I'm talking, man, I love to drop names, but I'm not. They came up to him, one huge name, came up, everybody would know, came up to him and said, now this is in late in 2021. You know, I think that this might be more than just about a, a sickness. <laughs> oh, really? The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. This is a pastor of a church of tens of thousands, national ministry, books, and couldn't discern this? The natural man. 1 Corinthians 2.14, if you're wondering what the verse was. It's an emergency because it's word, works, and knowledge if you're going to activate. You're going to face things in life, Correct? Now, most of it you can simply bind. But you will face things in life, namely coming from other people. If you're going to act in faith, then you have to have word, works, and knowledge. Otherwise, you don't, won't know what to do. Christians thought it would be, it's compassionate to comply. Dropping Romans 13 to obey your ruling authorities. We don't even have a ruling authority. Your congressman is not your ruler. They're an elected official to represent you. You have one ruling authority in the United States of America. What is it? The Constitution. Born out of the Declaration of Independence. Spawning the Bill of Rights. There's no ruling authority. They're destroyed. Because acting in faith is word, works, and knowledge. They didn't even know. 
If you don't act in those three things, you're not acting in faith. Let me use finances as an example. Oh, here we go. Watch you get quiet in here now. All the smiles will turn, all your frowns will turn upside down. All your smiles will turn upside down. Talking about finances. The guy is trying to get, to get my money. First of all, let me tell you this. Galatians 6, 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. Which, by the way, in and of itself blows apart that God does it all. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Yes, I have not changed my Bible like the new NIV and made it gender neutral. I'm not afraid. A man. It means everybody anyway. Andrew Womack calls it the nearly inspired version. <laughs> he says the devil translates a lot of the Bibles you're reading today. He goes, the devil knows the, Bi- devil knows the Bible. He translates a lot of them today. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. It's been translated living in the faith of the Son of God. Living in faith of the Son of God. No, it's the faith, it's Jesus' faith that you live in. It's a wrong translation. I'm not Mr. King James or Mr. Amplified or Mr. New King James. I'm just telling you, be aware of how that happens. I'm gonna show you that in a second. But sowing and reaping in and of itself blows apart the whole narrative of God does it all. Do you, I mean, I don't get how Christians stand and clap. Ah, yes, God does it all. Do you sow? You put seed into the ground, but yet everything in your life, everything that's unfolding in your life is the word of God, but you've never sown? Makes absolutely no sense. Tom, you're talking about works. Yes! Works is not a dirty word. It's all over the Bible. If you want your, anybody else in here want your finances to be better? Listen, I've got money, but I still want more. Oh, how dare you, Tom? Just shut up. Who are you? What, what, are you, what are you launching that from? What's your launching pad? Let's break that down. Do you, if you want, how many of you want to be rich? Good, you're in the right place. You're actually following the construct. Not me, you know. Well, you're not acting in faith. You're not acting in grace. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. So actually soberly judge what you're saying. Soberly judge it. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. That you through his poverty might become rich. The construct, the grace, grace is all that God gave you that has to be accessed by your works, knowledge, and word faith. So if you say, I don't want to be rich, you're actually not acting in grace because grace is what God gave you. Faith is your reaction and your access to that grace. These are all grace people, all the, all the poor people. We're, we're, I'm all about grace. No, you're not. You're not even in grace if you don't want to be rich. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. That you through his poverty might become rich. People come up to that, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, by the way. People come up all the time, why can't the church do this and why can't the church do that? A, do you even tithe? 
And if you were rich, you could just give us the money to do it. Let's do this. Let's win the world. Let's send out missionaries. How? Money. Yes, you're not to be owned by it. If you're owned by money, you're stupid. Why don't you worry about that once you have it? Instead of perpetually running from that which you don't have. You should want to be rich. And by the way, here's the thing. And not just for other people. That's what Christians always have to be religious. You're not a priest. You don't, have, you don't have a white collar on. None of us should anyway. Jesus said not to call anybody on earth father. And then we have people calling people their spiritual fathers. And we have an entire faith that calls their minister father. Do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one father, and he is in heaven. That's why I see people, that's Matthew 23, 9. Who's talking right there? Who's talking? That would be Jesus. He also said, don't call people rabbi. Don't give everybody all these titles all the time. You gain out of respect. I don't call Pastor Rodney Rodney. I call him Pastor Rodney. You can if you want, but if you notice, I don't solicit it. That's where you end up being wrong. I have people in here that I've been friends with for 30 years. I don't go up to them and say, hey, well, you know, now that you come here, it's pastor time. I should just go up and say, hey, now that you're here, I'm an idiot. So if you want your finances to get better, what do you do? Oh, 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 I'm going I'm to pray over it. That's not grace. Grace is sowing and reaping. That's the construct. Is this making sense? It's the construct. It's sowing and reaping. Whatever you want, you have to plant seed specifically to the need. I want money. I'm going I'm to pray that it comes in. You can grip as hard as you want. You can do that. You can pray as long as you, you, it won't work. You're not operating in grace. Grace is the offer. You're going to have to put the seed into the ground. Finances are no different. If you want friends, you have to be. If you want love, you have to be loving. If you want dissension, sow dissension. If you want to lose your friends, gossip. It's sowing and reaping. God's not mocked. Either way, God's not mocked. If you are endlessly friendly, you will have friends. If you are endlessly needy, you will have no friends. If you're a spider monkey, you know this, that grabs a hold of people. People, people wonder why, why is it that Pastor Tom keeps people at arm's length? Why, why is it? Because. It was funny. I don't know if any of you are going to get this. I should have told Aaron to load it so I could show you. Do you remember the scene? from Santa Claus 2, where he's out, he's out trying to find a wife because if he doesn't find a wife, he's gonna lose being Santa Claus. He's out on the date and the woman ends up, he's talking to this, and she ends up singing in the restaurant, the Shania Twain song. Uh, uh, you know that? It's Christmas, remember that? It starts off normal, this is what happens every time. It starts off normal, and the person becomes a living embodiment of a freak show right in front of me. 
Early on, when people started to notice me online because of Pastor Rodney and Pastor Jonathan, I would actually answer them when they'd send me messages. The problem is, once you answer one time, the person would send me, I'd have to scroll 12 times to get to the end of their message. And then if I didn't answer, oh, you're one of those who will never answer, too big to answer. I'm like, I get 400 messages a day. And you want me to answer your, your question about, what do you think of the mark of the beast? Well, hey, Tom, thoughts on Jesus. So sometimes, you know what? You can't. You give not that which is holy under the dogs. I can't do, I can't sit there. That's why if you're super needy and you think that eventually your irrita irritating behavior is gonna break you through, it's antithetical to grace while you're standing in grace and while you're saying that the word, the will of God is unfolding in your life. You're weird. You're sowing weird into the ground. You will reap the repercussions of weird. It will never break through. It will never happen. You're 57 now. You've been weird since you were 16. Trying to manipulate people into being a friend of yours. I'm just gonna endlessly just show up where I'm not wanted. Party starts at six o'clock. I'm there at 4.55. You just sit out there on the couch. Everybody's running around trying to get things and you don't notice the awkwardness? Notice it. So, I'm trying, listen, I'm not running you down. I'm trying to help you. Look at the fruit. Be a vineyard keeper. Look at the fruit. You're like, Tom, we've noticed that really odd people don't last long at this church. That's correct. I don't give them a platform. They don't get a Bible study. So if you want, you're like, what happened to finances? Now here we're going back. Well, how about I'll just work harder? Of course, now you, there's, the, there's a balance in Scripture. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. But if any provide not for his own, he's worse than an infidel. Right? Got that. But then you have Proverbs 23, 4. Do not overwork to be rich because of your understanding. Cease. I'm going to become rich by working where I'll lose my family, lose my kids. Nobody will be saved, but lo and behold, we'll have money in the bank. What is a profit of man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul or the souls of his own family? Souls of his own family, I added. So that's not the answer either. The answer is not for you to work harder. It's not the answer. The answer is not for you to work smarter. Don't work harder, work smarter. That's not a Bible verse. That's no different than it takes a village or everything happens for a reason. All of, all of which is heresy and born out of Satan. It's all lies to keep people away from the Bible. So is God does it all. That's from Satan. You believe that there is one God. Good, even the demons believe that and shudder. That's faith, but it's faith of the devil. Born, it's the spawn of the enemy. I believe that there is one God. Well, good, the devil believes that and shudders. What are you gonna do in response to God? God does not do it all. 
So you don't overwork to become rich. What do you do? If you want to be wealthy, it's found in Malachi chapter 3, 8 through 11. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me. Even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. You get all of that by taking 10% of your money, which was launched by Melchizedek, Priest of God Most High, whom Jesus is paralleled with, the only priest that Jesus is paralleled with. For all those, that's an Old Testament ideology. No, it's not. It's pre-law. God didn't ever want there to even have to be a law. God never wanted to have to have a king. He wanted Abrahamic covenant, walking with God. An Enoch-style covenant. Genesis chapter 5, verse 24. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. I'll take that. Tom walked with God, and he was not, or God took him. Just disappeared. Sold. Done. That's the, that's the covenant God wants. The grace of God, what he offers, the deal, the contract, is sowing and reaping. I'm going to pray for fun. And by the way, this is one of the great, I don't know if we are the greatest giving church in America, but I guarantee you we're in the top 1%. This is a great giving church. Far above average. Far above. So if you're wondering if I'm going, we, we, we have plenty of money. We're doing great. However, I'm talking about you. How are you doing? And you're like, oh, I'm doing fine. Don't you want to do better? Both for you and the needy. I didn't finish that thought earlier. Oh, you know, it's all, you know, I'll just, uh, it's, you know, so I can give it to other people. Stop being, stop being pious. Substitute the word pious with pathetic. Stop being pathetic. It's for both. It's for you personally. Enjoy your life, just don't let it own you. Enjoy your, what's wrong with that? I'm a pretty low maintenance person. I have my other failings, but I'm a low maintenance person. It doesn't take much for me to enjoy my life. I'm never bored, ever. I'm never bored. I'll always find something to entertain myself. I'm never bored. It doesn't take much. What I, my, my, my whole life is a four o'clock phone call from my wife every day. When we're not fasting. I eat basically one meal a day. Now I forage before that. Like a, tri- like a, tribes- a tribesman from the, from the Sahara Desert, I forage. However, not a lot, but I wait every day between two and four o'clock, my wife calls me, hey, what do you want for lunch? That's really all it takes. I- I'm happy. I can afford that. I can afford to eat out every day. I don't want to cook. I don't like the food anyway. 
I love my wife's cooking. She's gone. She's here working all the time. Uh, we're, we saw a lot of times where ships that pass in the night. But she always brings me my food, and I always say, don't forget my Slurpee. <laughs> I did a couple 48-hour fasts. No Slurpee for the day. Whew, a little rough. Mm. But that's all that, so my wealth, I enjoy. I enjoy it. At some point this year, I'm gonna buy, what I'm, I'm looking to buy a brand new something, car, truck, whatever. I enjoy, I'm gonna enjoy my life. I, I like having a nice house. I don't care what anybody thinks. It's not, it's not part of great, poverty is not part of grace. I, if I believe in grace, if I believe in the offer, if I believe in the construct, I believe that when I, when I give my tithe, when I sow that seed, it will open for me the windows of heaven and it will be poured out on me such a blessing I will not be able to contain it. If you believe otherwise, you're not humble. You're not humble, you're actually arrogant. You think that your wisdom trumps the grace of the almighty God of Israel. No, I just want to be poor. I'm going to show God, you know, how much I'm willing to suffer for him. You're not Jesus. He's not impressed by your suffering. Romans 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, push the button. God has given you all things, Romans 8, 32. Every spiritual blessing, Ephesians chapter one, verse three. Push the button. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, through whom we have gained access by faith. Through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace. All things, every spiritual, every spiritual blessing through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. You have gained access. And let me reiterate this to you again. Word, works, knowledge. Faith and works are blood and body. There is no body without blood and organs. Someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. James 2.24, James 2.26. No, it's James 2.18 and 2.26. James 2.24 is, you see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Whoops! Nobody reads that in the church, do they? They'll violate their ideology. They'll violate their own Christianity. The Bible violates their Christianity. You see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone? James wrote. Via the Holy Ghost. Because faith and works are indistinguishable. To whom did he swear? That they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey. So we see that they could not enter in because of their unbelief. Hebrews 3, 18 and 19. You hear that verse all the time around here. Because it's indistinguishable. 
It's not popular preaching, but it's the Bible of which everybody who's preaching the opposite will be judged by the thing they believed was heresy. It can't be heresy if it's the Bible. And despite what some popular preachers have been saying lately, or a popular preacher has been saying lately, the Bible is the standard. The Bible is true. The Bible is factual. And the Bible is scientific. Grace is what God has for you. Every spiritual blessing in all things. What are those things? Victory, healing, wealth, protection, callings, gifts, great marriages, his will unfolding. That's grace. That's the offer, but you have to accept the offer through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace, heat, health, wellness, wealth, victory, enjoying your life to its full abundance, all put in place by God that you have to access Romans 5, 2, through whom we have gained access by faith into that offer. You have to grab a hold of it. Faith is your access. I urge you, push the button. I want to be wealthy. Today, put your tithe in the box. I can't afford it. I'm not even, everyone, you can't afford not to. It's not the Bible. Yeah, I agree with it, but it's not the Bible. It's God's construct. You're going to gain nothing financially the right way without destroying yourself unless you go via the sowing and reaping tithing route. Works, word, and knowledge. Faith is your access. Push the button. If the button is not pushed, look at me now. If the button is not pushed, no God. Otherwise, everybody's saved, right? Remember, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. For I am the Lord, I change not. Malachi 3, 6. Remember? Hebrews 13, 8, doesn't change. At salvation, you have to call upon the Lord and act in faith. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Right? That doesn't change. It never changes. Once you're, once you're a Christian, you still have to access God through faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. It's not that God's going, I'm restrained. I'm not pleased with you. It's just you're not acting in grace. You're welcome. If the button is not pushed, no God. Tom, that's a works-based gospel. Correct. You can't work your way into grace, but you have to work your way into accessing grace. What's the original work? I believe. That's a work. You taking action is a work. Now, if you want things to change in your life in any way, shape, or form, let me tell you this. If you're in a loud, how many of you don't answer out loud? Let me get it, let me, let me lube the tubes before I say this, because it'll be good. <laughs> how many of you are in a horrible relationship? And I'm talking about marriage. If you're in marriage, you're, in, you're married to God's person for you, unless there's adultery involved. Got me? So I'm not talking to you, so please don't come up to me after the service telling me God's will is divorce. And it's not. But if you're in a horrible relationship, 
stringing girl along, you know, you don't want to pull the trigger, whatever it may be, vice versa, stringing the guy along. You know what you do? Well, it's just, you know, everything will just unfold. Dump them. I never got that. Again, I have my own frailties and failings. Dumping women was not one of them. I went on. <laughs> yes, I broke with my, up, up with my wife three times before I got married. Been through that. We're not going through that today. However, she'll be happy to tell you it'll come out at the women's conference. She's, as always. But for me, I'm like, not marriage material, out. See, see the response? That's mean. Why is that mean? Tell, tell me, what, what platform are you launching off of? You go out of it, but most Christians date, they actually, they commit to dating. You date to see if you want to commit. I've known so many, I mean, you know, 99.9% of Christians marry the wrong person. They have no discernment. They just marry the wrong person. He's, uh, he or she's my best friend. How are you best friends when you hate each other constantly? I know you. <laughs> Dump them. Take action. Push the button. You're welcome. I'm just trying to help you. Seriously. Turning you back to the spiritual now. Faith is your access. Look at Philippians chapter 4, 6 through 8. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. If you don't pray, if you don't, if, if you don't supplicate, if you're careful for things, is God's will unfolding? So does God do it all? Is that a works-based salvation? No. It's not, it's not, you don't work to wash your sins away. Jesus did it, but you have to access it. You can't ever do it. It's like overworking to become rich. You don't overwork to become rich when Jesus became poverty for you. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. So you don't overwork to become rich. He, did, he overworked for you. But if you don't, if you don't access what he did, that's on you. You don't get the benefits of it. God's will is not unfolding in your life. God does not do it all. It doesn't make it works-based. It's the antithesis of works-based. All I'm telling you to do is act in faith. I didn't tell you to work. Now, as Hebrew states, you actually have to work to get to rest. That's where words, word, works, and knowledge come in. In order for you to act in faith, you're gonna have to have knowledge of the word. You have to know what the word tells you to do. He took up our infirmities and carried our disease, therefore I never need to be sick. Done. I know that if I fail, it's unbelief. Done. There's nothing to be confused about. Christians all the time. I'm just, I'm going through a time of confusion. I just don't understand. That's because, here's the Bible verse. Why do you not understand? Dumper. Some of you got that, some of you didn't. It's clear as day. Make the move. I'll, make, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be gender neutral. Dump him. Which, which is, by the way, more apropos. 
I haven't said this for a couple months. Every, when we were smaller and I could actually track salvations, every single young woman who got saved, and mark them in my mind, because I'd go, he's coming. Here he comes, launched out of juniors on Placida Road. I don't know any of the bars in Northport. It used to be a Richard's right over here at that liquor store over here, right across the street from the church. That was Richard's Lounge when I was a cop. I arrested a guy out of there who literally used a shot glass to take out another man's eye. Fact. <laughs> right there. Fact. <laughs> but here comes the guy. I was thinking about telling you more about that. I'm not going to do it. But I could mark the girl and I'd say, here he comes, spawned out of juniors. Same idiot that she's dated her entire life. And now the same guy, a, a, a guy that's technically and in all ways the same, but just wrapped in a different gift wrapping paper. I knew he was coming. I knew every single time it was coming. Watch, watch. And you will have to stand. You will then have to operate in grace. What's grace? 2 Corinthians 6, 14. Is he born again? No, then why are you dating him? Why are you looking at him? Why are you conversing? Is he saved? And by the way, if the question is, well, if the answer is, well, or ah, uh, or maybe, and. <laughs> Dump him. Dump him. He'll ruin your life, and they do. I can't tell you how many women. Well, he's stealing from me. I had a girl come to the church. Comes in and out. She comes in, used to come in and out all the time. Now she's too ashamed to come back. Because every time she would come in and get her life right, a guy would come and she'd disappear. We would help her. Even helped her financially. She would disappear. Sweet person. But she's too ashamed to come back now because it's just been one guy after another. Same guy. <laughs> guy without a driver's license wrecked her car. Like, what are you doing with this guy? And again, I don't want to come across as some sort of perv because I'm 20 years older than her. But I'm like, I told her, you're pretty. But we were in a crowd. Not, a, not alone in my life. Hey, no. <laughs> so I just like to make sure that it's out there. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, you can pick anybody you want. They don't. They don't get it. They're just absolutely smashed by low self-esteem. Wake up, women. If you don't, I'm talking about, you know he is. If, listen, if his hands are going places they shouldn't go, not saved. What are you doing? I was having this conversation, oh man, I'm getting off topic. I was, having, I was having this conversation with my wife. I understand that I don't know women. I know why men are going to hell. Most men will go to hell, most women will go to hell. I, again, narrows the way if you find it, that's a fact. How dare you say that? We, we don't say that in our, in our ark-style, hyper-grace church. Yeah, because they don't preach the word. They're just building a community center. 
That's all they're doing. Just building a VFW hall. Might as well put a bar in there. All your, all your staff is drinking anyway. And probably other things. Just smoking that natural weed. It's just natural. It's just God's green earth. Yeah. So's opium. Idiot. It's a fallen world. The weeds that come out of the ground are coming from a fallen world. But women have no idea about men. None. No idea. They think that they think men look at them the way that they look at men. Oh, he's cute, you know. I can I can do that with my daughter. I don't do that with my son. I can do that with my daughter. And listen, you may call me some I don't know what you'll call me, but but I'll I'll go I'll I'll point out a handsome man to my daughter. Oh, he's good looking, isn't he? Because she's not going, what does he look like naked? This is a real church now. And if you have your little kids in here, it's your fault. It's all available back there. Well, be offended all you want. It's on you. An unsaved man and a saved man is keeping it under control through the power of the Holy Ghost. But every guy is thinking, what does she look like naked? Ain't one woman thinking that. I've told you this three times before. I purposely find my way to the room where my wife is naked. Oh, 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 sorry. I didn't know you were getting dressed in here. Tom, do we have to have this discussion while I'm in the shower? Yeah, I thought it was the best time to discuss mowing the yard. I just want to talk to you about our financial situation. (laughs) Men and women, despite what the Democratic Party says, are different. Wake up, women! If they are not saved, and oftentimes when they are saved, they're after one thing. Wake up! They want it, no touch in any way, shape, or form until a ring is on it after you've walked the aisle. Or you know what? You'll burn in hell for all of eternity if you don't repent of the sin. Nobody else will tell you that but me because they're just building a community center. And all the people at the community center are going straight to hell. What's the point? So if you don't, going back to Philippians 6, 7, 8, and I'll close with this. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. If you don't do those things, is the will of God unfolding? What about the verse after? Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things are worthy of praise, think on these things. If you don't, is the will of God unfolding? If you don't think on, let's go over that again. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, 
Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. If you don't, is the will of God unfolding? And that's connected with prayer. It's led right before that. It's be careful for nothing. But then think on these things. Ask and then think on these things. Supplicate. Think on these things if you don't. It's not that God's holding back. It's that you're operating outside of the realm of grace. That is the offer. If you're a negative person hoping that God's going to come through, he can't. You're blocking him through unbelief. Jesus didn't do many, many miracles because of their unbelief. I'll finish with this. Worship team, make your way. You're going to have to gut out faith. I can tell you that this is an easy road. If it is an easy road, most people would take it. Narrows the way if you find it. Most people will never progress in their walk with God. Don't let that be you. You have to gut out faith. What's the key way to not operate in faith? What's the key way? Speak it how you talk. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Proverbs 18, 21. You speak it. You say to mountains, be removed. Or you say to the mountain, stay. You decide. What you say is, people are all in their heads. Am I really believing? Am I really believing? You're really believing if you're not talking it. Everybody feels unbelief. Everybody feels it. When you're praying for something and there needs to be, like right now, when we're dealing with this insurance company and we need three plus million dollars, there's a part of me that goes, there's, there's unbelief that I feel, but I will not say it. You have to gut it out. Some of us, some of us, because we were raised on Oprah and raised on Dr. Phil and raised on these matriarchs in our family to say, you know what, just get it out. Just get it out. They're the same ones who told you that you relieve anger by throwing a temper tantrum. You don't. You make anger worse because you've planted seed. Now you'll just get angrier and angrier because you've planted the seed of anger, which will reap the harvest of? You have to gut out faith. I stand in faith. Let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from God. Surely I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. If you don't say to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, is the mountain moving? Is the will of God unfolding? No, you have to say to the mountain, you have to access by faith the grace. And that's simply saying, mountain, move. The hard part was done by Jesus. He gave you all things. He gave you the mountain moving. All you have to do is speak it. And don't speak the opposite. Amen? Amen. Every head bow, every eye closed. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Christians praying. 
I want to put your heart at ease as we do this this morning. Nobody's going to come up to you. Nobody's going to bring you forward. I'm not going to take you to a back room. We're not going to have you sign on a dotted line. I'm going to have you do two things during this time, and I'll outline that for you as we go. If you need to get your life right with God this morning, this is your time. You can relax. I'm not going to have you move out of your seat. This is between me and you and God. I'm your sole witness. Everybody else, I'm looking around the room. Such a great church. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. If you need to get your life right with God this morning, if you're a backslidden Christian, I'm not, not a struggling Christian, not that you sin and get it right, sin and get it right. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about backslidden. There's a difference between struggling with sin and concession to sin. You are now living in sin. If that's you, I'm talking to you because that is a hell-bound condition. If we have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and are again entangled in it, we are worse off at the end than, the, than we were at the beginning. 2 Peter 2, 20 through 22. That's the word of God. And I could give you countless other scriptures. Christian who has fallen away, this is your time to get your life right with God. Maybe you've never been saved. Maybe people around you think you're saved, but you know that you're not. You've never come to a place and said, you know what? I need forgiveness of my sin. Maybe you've never, maybe you've actually prayed some sort of spiritual journey prayer or fresh start prayer in another church where you never repented of your sin. You're not saved. You have to turn from your sin. Faith and works. Faith without works is dead. If you've never been saved, I'm talking to you right now. Don't worry about the people around you. Who cares? What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world? He impress people. Who cares? For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? Don't try. Don't worry about it. If you need to get your life right with God this morning, now is your time. There is one singular path. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which they must be saved. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Now is your time. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Now is your time. If you need to get your life right with God, I'm going to ask you to do two things. First thing I'm going to ask you to do is raise your hand. Second thing I'm going to ask you to do is pray, pray right where you're at. That's it. If you need to get your life right with God, stretch your hand or hands up in the air right where you're at. Praise you, Lord. Come on, there's way more than this. Very good. Come on. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. You can put them down. There you go. Our part's over. See how easy it is? By grace, you're saved. By grace, you're saved. Now the entire church is going to pray this prayer out loud with you. Those that raised your hands, pray this prayer directly to the Almighty God in Jesus' name and you are saved. If we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is, is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, we are saved. Pray this prayer out loud, the entire church. Here we go, ready? Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins. And I now turn from them. And I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' name. 
Amen. There you go. Several people. Praise you, Lord. Now, let me give you this update. Because everyone starts to squirm right now. Don't squirm. You know what the squirming is? That's your carnal nature. Seriously, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. It's your carnal nature. Ask yourself, it's 12-11. Everybody knows when we truly start. We don't start at 10. We start at 10-05. So you've been in church for two hours and six minutes of your entire week. Don't squirm. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. I got to get out of here. Why? Ask yourself, why? Where are you going? Where? I got to get to my car. Why? I told you at the end of my law enforcement career, I would ask people who rear-ended somebody at a, at, a, at a red light because they just had to get somewhere. I, that's when I knew I had to retire. Why, why, were you, why were you in such a hurry? Where were you going? Uh, driving like a maniac for absolutely no reason. So stay where you're at. I am the world's fastest prayer. We're going to fill these altars full of people. Now look at here, look at here. You're like, Tom, you go over this every time. There's new people here. There's about 700 people in this room. There's new people in here. So listen, if you need to be delivered this morning from anything, if you are vaccinated, you need to be delivered from that vaccine. If you need to be healed, if you're vaccinated, you potentially could need to be healed. Why do you talk so much about this? Because they vaccinate 5 billion people. Most Christians are vaccinated. Fact! They are. So that could be you. If you need to be healed, delivered from anything, maybe you're depressed. Maybe you're clinically depressed. Full of anxiety. Maybe you need a devil cast out of you. Whatever it is that you need. Don't let pride go before your destruction by not coming up here. We need to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. It, is the will of God unfolding? If we don't lay hands, we've had people leave this church because we lay hands on people. The word of God, you shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And you leave the church? Those are people, those are religious people who are not accessing and living in the grace of God. If you need that, what we're going to do is this. Very simple. I'm not going to come up to you and go, so what is it? It's 1214. We'll be out of here by 1220. You need to stay and pray for people. Period. Let's get the power of the Holy Ghost in this room. If you need anything of God, I'm going to lay hands on you someplace in your body. I may grab you by your shoulders. I may touch your forehead. The moment that you do, the moment I do, we've come into agreement that whatever you are asking for, not it might happen, not that you hope that it happens, but that it's going to happen, and that it happens the moment I lay hands on you. In Jesus' name, amen? If you need anything, fill these altars in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.